Welcome to the Travel Media Lab podcast. I'm your host, Yulia Denisuk, an award-winning travel photographer and writer, entrepreneur, community builder, and a firm believer that every one of us can go after the stories we've always wanted to tell with the right support, encouragement, and structure. I'm on a mission to help women's storytellers everywhere break into and thrive in the travel media space. If you're ready to ditch your fears to the side, grow your knowledge and confidence, and publish your travel stories, you're in the right place. Let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. And today, I'm really excited to share with you an episode we did with Ashley Brooks, a culture and travel writer and our very own Travel Media Lab community member. We're very lucky to have Ashley as part of our community because her thoughtfulness, dedication to this craft, and support for our members have been just so wonderful. It's also been incredible to witness Ashley's journey from the time she first took our program to where she is today. And in this episode, we dig into what it takes to get your story published at Condonas Traveler, because since taking our program and joining our membership, Ashley has published her work in places like Condonas Traveler, like Shondaland, Huffington Post. And I just had so much fun talking to Ashley, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Now, in this episode, we're also covering what sets our program apart and how it can help you get your stories published. And just a reminder that I'll be doing a free info session this week on Friday, November 18th at 11 a.m. Eastern, and we start enrolling for the program next week. So if you want to know more about everything intro to travel journalism program related, don't wait. Visit the link in the show notes or go to travelmedialab.com slash info session to register today. All right, now on to this episode. All right, so welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today on the podcast, we have a very special person, a wonderful now friend of mine that I had a pleasure of meeting in Texas earlier uh, this year during one of our workshops. But we have Ashley Brooks. Ashley is a culture and travel writer, sounds amazing, based out of Florida. Her travels have included the circuit trails of the Himalayas, the monasteries of Sri Lanka, the castles of Scotland, and the street cafes of Paris. And her work can now be found at publications such as Condonas Traveler, the Huffington Post, and Shonda Land. Welcome, Ashley. And I'm just so excited about that last line of your introduction. <laughs> Thank you so much, Julia. Thank you for having me. Amazing. If you guys have listened to the podcast for a while, you might recognize Ashley's voice. She's been on the podcast before, but not in a sort of uh, individual interview uh, structure. And Ashley is also our travel journalism masterclass student, the very first one, the very first iteration of the class that I did. Ashley was there, uh, which is really incredible. And she's also a very active and supportive member of the circle, which is our membership. So Today, I'm really excited to talk to Ashley, to you about sort of your progression in the space, some of the things that you've been able to accomplish and realize and learn in the past, what, two years now, I guess, year and a half, and also, you know, get your take on what this journey looks like for uh, perhaps some of our listeners who are interested in this career path as well. So again, welcome, Ashley. Very excited to have you on the podcast today. Thanks, Yulia. Thanks for having me. So let's start here. A creative career, right? 
a photographer, a writer career is a very aspirational, but also very intimidating and scary path that can still seem uh, like it's out of reach for many people. So I'm curious, when or how did you know that you wanted to be a writer, a published writer? Um, I mean, I've always wanted to be a writer. I, I made little books and wrote stories when I was a kid. And for years, I just would write on my own, kind of locked away in my little spare bedroom and never did anything with it, never showed it to anybody. And it was during the lockdown and I came across, or maybe just after, I'm not quite sure of our timing. I know it was 2020. And I came across uh, you on Instagram and I saw the course and it just, your um, ad had a little ticker. It had a little countdown to like when you could sign up for. And I remember like going and I think it was like three days before and then it was two days before. And then I, I just kept checking it. And so I was like, Clearly, I kind of want to do this. So so I signed up and it just kind of gave me something positive to, to do, you know, while we were all kind of a little bit stationary. And even when I signed up, I don't really know if I really felt like it was going to make the difference, but I just wanted something positive to focus on. And then once I was in the class and everything was kind of being laid out, it just started to feel possible. You know, I could see the path from, you know, because I mean, for those of you guys listening, the, the class is all about pitching, right? So, you know, if, if you can write all day long in your little spare bedroom, but if you don't know who to send it to or how to send it to someone, you know, it, it won't get published. So, yeah. So that was kind of what got me there. Yeah. And I love that you said that, Ashley. Actually, it shows that you're in our community because, you know, sort of this is what I say all the time, right? It's action. That is the most important thing. We can do, like you said, we can write, we can do things uh, on our own, like create these stories and everything. But unless we send them out for other people to see, nothing is going to happen. So action is one of the most important parts of this journey. So I'm, I'm just so glad that you, you feel the same way now. And I, you know, I also often say in the podcast or in other spaces as well, that one of the biggest things that stops us from taking that action that we want our fears. We are afraid. We are afraid that we are perhaps not good enough, that perhaps we don't know enough or don't have what it takes or are not accredited enough. We haven't studied creative writing in the university. And I also know, and, I, and I've seen this happen in our community, that when we start sharing some of those fears and start talking about them openly, it's also cathartic because we realize that, oh, she's also having that same doubt or that same concern, which means that, well, for me, at least, it means that there is nothing wrong with me. It's normal to have these fears. We all have them. Perhaps we've been conditioned to have them. Uh, so let's sort of share them. So I'm curious if, you're, if you'd be open to sharing some of the concerns or not, not even concerns, some of the doubts, some of the fears that you had at the beginning of this journey. Sure. I mean, to be honest, I can tick a lot of boxes that you just offered up. Um, I don't have a degree in creative writing. Um, I have a two-year degree. I don't have a bachelor's degree, which is something that I've kind of let kind of hold me back for sure. I was self-conscious about that. My job has nothing to do with writing. I own a, a small, tiny little boutique Pilates studio, and I've done that for years. So it feels very outside of, you know, the realm of writing, photography, you know, magazines, anything like that. And so not only that, I would say like, I definitely was dealing with those kind of fears and doubts about myself and, you know, just not feeling 
like I could place myself in that arena, but even more so just feeling completely lost as to how to even start. Even if I would have felt like, oh yeah, I can do it. I wouldn't have known where to start or how to start. So it was for me, a combination of both of those things, just feeling very lost in the weeds and just not even knowing how to start. And then, like you said, a lot of those self-doubts kind of even preventing me from trying. And I would agree with you that that is one of the biggest things I've taken away from the group. I mean, we're all so different. We come from all over the place. We have different backgrounds. And it just kind of takes that, this sounds a little bit harsh, but it takes that excuse away. Because it's not an excuse anymore for me to say, oh, well, I don't have this or I'm not that. Or it's like, well, there's lots of different people doing this and they all look different. So, you know, there's no reason to not do it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think you just literally touched upon all of the pillars, all of the pillars on which I try to structure our work inside Travel Media Lab with like with all the different projects that we do because it's actually not not rocket science in in the sense that once you put the right conditions once you put somebody into right conditions, and this is something I've learned from entrepreneurship, by the way, when I when I was helping out with a project years ago of entrepreneur, like teaching people how to become entrepreneurs and what are sort of the right conditions that that exist for that. When you put somebody in those right conditions, most of the time people thrive, which is just so incredible. And and so what are those conditions? It's knowledge, right? It's giving you the right knowledge, tips, advice, basic foundational knowledge of this new uh, space that you're entering. It's giving you the, the support, the continuous support, because knowledge on its own is actually not enough. And we're going to get to it in, in a little bit, because that's also a reason why our class is changing uh, this time around. So knowledge and support. And then the third pillar is you surround yourself with people who are different from you, because like you said, you're all coming from different backgrounds. But at the same time, you're all united by a similar aspiration. You all want to create something. You want to see your work out there. You want to see your work recognized, acknowledged, published in different capacity. And that is extremely powerful because like you said, you see, oh, I I have this person who is, you know, has a completely different life path than me, but yet has the same aspiration. And I see her going out there and pitching and asking questions and doing this. And it gives me more uh, motivation to do that as well, wouldn't they? I totally agree. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think I might have even said this the last time that we chatted on the podcast, but, you know, joining groups like this is kind of not normally my, it's out of my comfort zone. Let's say that I tend to do things more just on my own in a singular way. And that's something that's kind of been, I guess, a life lesson for me, not just from the writing or whatever, but there is like, I can't remember how you just said it, but there's a power of with surrounding yourself with people with the similar goal. Like it does, it's just kind of like a current that keeps you going a little bit. And there's been more than once in the last 18 months that I have been feeling, you know, stuck or like, you know, it just, you know, no pitches were coming back for a moment or whatever. And it was, it was literally the group and people that I knew were keeping me accountable a little bit that kind of kept me going. Yeah. And that's really powerful. And that's also a reason why it is difficult for people to stay on this path, because for the most part, we want maybe not instant gratification, but we want some sort of sign, let's say, right, that, hey, I'm, I'm on the right path, I'm on the right path. And it's normal, it's, it's really normal for people to feel this way. So when you're sending your pitches out there, and you're not getting that result that you want in a while, 
Well, for, for many people, that means they're going to be falling out because they, they see no, what's the word? They see no outcome from their efforts. Right. In a reasonable time frame, although, you know, reasonable, this definition is different for all, but then they sort of fall out. So that's where that group becomes super important because I know, and I see these messages from you guys all the time. It's like, hey, no, no pitches came back this week, or I haven't heard back from such and such. And when you see that you're all sort of going through the same process, it makes it easier to keep going because you're also all encouraging each other. And you're also all extremely amazingly celebrating each other when when you do get a pitch back with a yes and when you do get that article published and that is really important and I, and I would say that for me now being in this career for 6 years or whatever I see that as probably the most important element to succeeding and to thriving in this career that element of you know I'm not alone in this and when it's hard somebody's there to encourage me to support me and and to ensure that I'll keep going and so I guess what were you trying to or what you what were you hoping to accomplish when you were thinking about joining our like our initial pitch class I know you mentioned that you you were looking for like a distraction from the pandemic and something positive to do did you actually imagine yourself being published or was that not something that you were thinking about at that time I mean, I think I did think about it. Sure. You know, I, and, and I had taken the year before I had taken a live workshop from a writer who had come to a local art center and he had, um, it was a day long workshop and he had spent a lot of the day kind of talking about, he kept using the term pitching. And to be honest, I was sitting there, I didn't know what he was talking about, you know, and I just thought, I, I don't, I don't understand. And even once I, you know, got home and kind of researched it, same kind of thing. I just was like, well, gosh, do I just cold? You know, I just didn't understand. And so then when I saw your ad, I think that was the first thing that struck me was like, oh, this is going to show me this thing that I don't understand yet. And so that I think was really my initial, I don't know that I let myself think much beyond that. Just I have this thing I'm frustrated by, I don't understand. And this seems like a good way to learn it. So the whole pitching process, really the mechanics of what do you actually do and how do you find the right publications and how do you ensure that your pitch actually makes sense for that publication, that whole basically process. Yeah, that's, I love that you said that because that's literally what we focus on in the class. I mean, we, we sort of wrap it around the foundation and we actually start in, in a very unexpected place, right? We start with dream visualization in the class. But the focal point and, and the outcome that I want everybody to come out on the other end is to have a pitch and to actually send it out and to de- demystify that whole process, basically. Um, so I'm glad that you're, you're bringing this up. And what I wanted to sort of get into now is that this year, so this class is going to be, I think, in this in its third or fourth iteration. And this year we're doing something different with it. And I and I mentioned that a little bit to you before before we started recording. But basically in the past, when people had signed up for a class, people like you, let's say, they would have the class as sort of its own container, you know, within its certain time frame. And then that's it. Basically, they had the class, they paid, you know, they went through this process and that's it. And then I also had the membership, which, you know, I was inviting people separately, just anyone can come and join the membership. What I am doing differently this year is that we're turning the class into a six-month program that's going to include those six months inside the circle, our membership. So for whoever is joining the class, they're going to get the best of those pillars that I mentioned earlier. They're going to get the knowledge of the industry, of how to pitch, of all the different dynamics that exist in it. 
but they're also going to get that support and that structure and that community that we have going on in the circle. Uh, because that's what's going to, I believe, that's what's going to deliver the best results for them. Because simply, they're going to stick to it. They're going to stick to it for those six months. What I'm seeing with people is that, you know, we have our students, we, we've had uh, several cohorts of students now. And for most of them, even the best case scenario, where they go through all the modules, they take on, you know, all the knowledge that I offer in the class, it is so hard to keep going after that, when you're doing that on your own, when you don't have, again, that community, that sort of structure where, you don't, where you're not seeing people every single week, week in and week out, checking in with each other on Zoom calls and in our WhatsApp group and saying, hey, what about this? What about this? Have you pitched here? Hey, there's this Time magazine opportunity. Don't miss it. Hey, apply here. Do this, right? Like you said, it, it keeps you current. It just keeps you moving, you know? Exactly. So looking back then for you, and, you know, I love that we're talking about this because you sort of now have experience with both. You have experience with the class and you have experience with the membership as well. What would you say was the most impactful element for either of those experiences for you? I mean, I would say, I don't know if you're asking me to compare the two, because like you said, they're both, they're different things. One's kind of knowledge, one's more support. And, and to me, I think it makes a lot of sense to combine them because even myself at the end of the class, when I ended that first initial class, I think there was a few months before the circle started. At the end of the class, you know, you have to send out your first pitch. That's kind of the way it works. I don't know if it'll continue to work that way. But so I did. And, you know, it was my first one. It didn't it didn't go anywhere. But then admittedly, I didn't do any more after that. Just I didn't have the I don't know of the gumption or what to, to keep going. And then immediately, as soon as I joined the group and I knew that every week we were going to sit down and say, who have you pitched? And there's something about that. So maybe that I would say if I could pinpoint it had the biggest impact was just the accountability, which is kind of funny because I was thinking about this earlier when you were talking about support. And I feel like there's this very romanticized notion of the lone writer at their desk, head down at the, the keyboard. I know I've certainly had it that, you know, it's you against the world. And, you know, and, and that's so far from what I have found to help me get any kind of success so far. It's been the exact opposite. It's when I've opened up to, in this case, the group. And and also, too, if you, I think it's kind of important to say that, you know, writing and getting published are two different things. Getting published does require, I don't know if it's the right word to say networking, but you are, you're meeting at editors via email or, or however you're communicating with them and you're building a relationship with them. And that's kind of different than the whole writing animal. And, and again, if I'm honest, a little outside of my wheelhouse. And so having the group to push me to do that has been huge for me. I don't know if I've ever really acknowledged that, but that's very true for me. Ah, oh, I love that. And gosh, so so much to unpack there, Ashley. I, I love everything that you said. And by the way, you've met uh, one of the editors that you've uh, worked with in real life after, right? Didn't you didn't you meet one of your No, that actually it wasn't the editor. It wound up being I had I had written an article that kind of had a slant with the Golden Girls and I met one of the former writers from the Golden Girls. So it wasn't the editor of Oh, oh, you're right. You're right, you're right. It was kind of a cool like meetup in person after that story came out. You're right. You're right. Thank you. Um but I I love how you conceptualized it because that's exactly it, right? We can write again like going back to the that metaphor you used in the beginning, we can write all day long in our, you know, in front of our laptop. But ultimately, 
If you do want, again, your work to be seen by people in these magazines or in, in these publications or in these, with these brands, it requires for you to put yourself out there, basically, and, and to start making those connections and reaching out to people. And that can be scary because, again, at the end of the day, we are afraid that we will get rejected and somebody will pass that ultimate judgment on us that, you know, we're not good enough, we don't have what it takes, our work is not good enough. And as you know, inside the circle, I encourage you guys all the time to, to shift that frame of thinking into... Even when you do get rejections, because you do, we do, by the way, we all get, you know, many rejections. They never mean that this is a judgment on us or, or on our craft or on anything that we're trying to do. And I think that once you realize that, once you get to that point, it's almost like floodgates open because then you, it becomes easier and easier for you to start reaching out to more people and more publications and speaking with how did that change your process of approaching publications or of thinking of what's possible for you um, in this career? Has it shifted in any way since you've sort of started on this journey? I would say definitely. I think I, at this point, you know, a year and a half in, I'm bolder with who I'll pitch. And I don't, I mean, it's still, it still is a little bit of a knock if you get a no or an, or, you know, just, you know, blank space. We get nothing back. That's almost harder, right? Like I always would, or a no, but I don't feel like I take it personally anymore. I just move on. For I try to, anyways. I guess you know sometimes that's easier said than done. But whereas before, I do feel like, and I also think too that the first few pitches I sent out were so weighted. I was so nervous, and just every everything just went over a gazillion times. And I do feel like that's improving too, just with repetition. And and one thing that we did uh, that we've been continuing with that was kind of a game changer at the early part of this year was as a collective, as a group, we did a pitch challenge at the beginning of the year. And that was really big for me too, because it just, again, it's another layer of accountability where we went week by week with how many you were going to get out. And man, I spent one whole weekend like getting mine done because it was Monday and I wanted I wanted to be able to put that I had mine done. And versus I think if that wasn't there, I would have said, oh, I'll do it next week, you know? And so, yeah, I, I mean, I can't really state how valuable that's been. That's amazing. Amazing to hear. And, and let's just pause for a second and recognize that Ashley pitched the New York Times recently. Now, how amazing is that? Thank you. Yeah. And and I think it's important to say I got a no, but I was thrilled that I got a really nice no. And I got, I got an email from one of the editors of the New York Times. And I just thought, gosh, what a difference a year makes. Like a year ago, I didn't even understand what a pitch was. And I'm still not in the New York Times yet, but I have had correspondence with their editor and, 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 or an, an editor there. And so that, that felt like a win, you know, even, you know, the piece wasn't picked up that particular time. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's exactly it. You know, every single step that you take on this path expands your possibility or, or expands your imagination of what is possible for you. Because, you know, the, the pitches that you've sent before, Huffington Post and others that you sent, all of them have prepared you for the moment of saying, you know what, I'm going to pitch New York Times now and, and I'm going to go for it. And And yeah, of course, maybe the first time you pitch New York Times is not going to happen. But after pitching the New York Times consistently, you're going to get somewhere, you know? And that's, I'm an absolute true believer of that. I've seen it in my own work. I've seen it in the work of all of you guys that are continuing to pitch and continuing no matter what sort of results you're getting at the moment. Is that consistency, really, the more 
time and consistency and effort you put into something, the more it's going to give back to you. That's just simple sort of uh, law of nature, I think, right? That's, and you get better at it too. Uh, like you were saying, you were, you know, sort of agonizing over every word in, in some of your initial pitches. And now you're probably much more efficient with your pitches as well. Um, I, I give an example always how if I look at some of my earliest pitches right now from like five, six years ago, I can't even read them. To be honest, that's how horrible they are. Well, but in your defense, you didn't have you. You know, we all have you and the group. I mean, I can only imagine, you know, that it's it just has to be so much harder at that point. So I think that's why this is also valuable. Because like I said, you know, you've really pulled back. I know I say that all the time, but you've pulled back the veil, you know, kind of showed us how to do it. Yeah. And that's the whole reason we're here, right? Because exactly that, because it took me, it, it was so difficult for me and it was so, yeah, it, it took, it took much more time and effort and sort of that perseverance for me to, to keep doing it on, on my own. And I felt like I was so lonely in this path. Like I didn't see people who would support me in this way that, you know, we're supporting each other now. So it gives me great pleasure now to, to be able to do this, you know? So let's talk a little bit about some of the incredible work that you've been able to do uh, since joining our class and then later our membership, The Circle, which again, for for our listeners, uh, a reminder that this year they will be combined for a period of time. So if you're joining us in our class, in our program this year, you're going to get the knowledge inside the class and then also you're going to get the support inside our membership for six months, which I'm, I'm really excited about. But you, Ashley, you've recently published an amazing story about nude bathing on Condé Nast Traveler, one of the most premier travel publications out there. How did it feel for you to see your name on that byline and on that Condé Nast Traveler website? It felt incredible. It was so exciting. It was so fun. It was so fun to, to you know, even just the email back, you know, when I got the email back from the pitch, it's, I feel like maybe this, you can tell me, maybe this will change as I get further into it. But even still, like when you get that, yes, it's just such a high. You're just like so excited. And yes. It still, it still is a high. That hasn't changed for me. But no, it was incredible. And the editor that I worked with there, Megan, she was just great to work with. And they, yeah, the piece came out even better than I would have hoped. So I was, I was really glad with kind of where we landed with it. So, cause it originally was a much longer piece. And then when I pitched it to them, you know, it wound up, we cut it by almost a third, which was kind of a learning experience for me too. And it was that kind of moment of like, okay, like, can I sacrifice this other bit because I want it to be published in Condé Nast Traveler? And, and yes, I definitely could. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love you're bringing something very important into this conversation, which actually sort of there are two points here that, that I want to touch upon. One is that the way I view our interactions with editors now is I actually cherish them. I cherish them because this is someone who's going to look at my work and make it better. And if you come into this with that mindset, it's just it's amazing. Like I love now when editors are commenting on my work, giving me feedback, cutting things here. 99% of the time, the work that results as part of this collaboration with an editor is much stronger work. And that's exciting to me. And the second point is that uh, this is also a learning experience. Like you mentioned, like every time you work with an editor, you know, forget about all the other things of, you know, your your work is now published, you can add it to your portfolio, you know, your name is now on the Condé Nast Traveler website. 
But this experience by itself of you, you know, submitting your final draft, them coming back with feedback, suggesting ways to make it stronger, this is going to make you a better pitcher, writer of pitches and writer of drafts the next time around. All these experiences will. So that's also a very valuable reason for why we should continue pitching so that we get more stories in and we get more of these experiences of working with editors. Well, and I think too, two other things that kind of made this unique, and I, I don't know if you remember this, but I think it's kind of hilarious that the pitch I sent to Condé Nast Traveler was a practice pitch. I don't know if you remember that I said that. But I don't remember that. Tell us more. <laughs> this is just, you know, a practice thing. Like they were asking for uh, pitches on firsts. And this story was kind of unique in the sense that it, it had first kind of been a little bit of a loss because I had I had a different publication that was interested in it. And they had asked me to write it on spec. You know, I don't have a lot of experience yet. And uh, so I had done that. And then when the piece was done, you know, they wrote back and said, gosh, we love it. But for reason X, Y, and Z, it's just not right. And so for us, it's not right for us. So that's what I tried to, you got to focus on that, you know? And so I kind of had it like waiting in the wings and I really liked the story and I didn't want to give up on it. And so just at the last minute I was pitching Megan, they were asking for these travel firsts and I had a few and I just threw it on there. I thought, well, why not? And then that was the one that she wanted, you know, but you know, so you got to just keep going, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Oh my God. I love that. I, I completely, I didn't remember that it was a practice sort of, through, you know, added on there kind of pitch, but that's actually a great point because oftentimes there are in my own career as well. Like when I just add something on and the last moment, that's the one that ends up being accepted. You just never know. You really just never know what will resonate with people. And that's also another reason why we need to keep pitching and, and putting our ideas out there. You know, the wider we can cast this net in a very structured and strategic way, right? We, we don't want to just throw stuff against the wall. We want to do our research. We want to make sure that stuff fits. But again, the more you put your ideas out there, the more opportunities you have that something will resonate with somebody. And that's, that's just so important. And for our listeners, writing on spec means that you write uh, the whole piece from beginning to end, when you sort of, uh, you, you write it and then you submit it and then they have a chance to say yes or no. And that's different from a regular pitching process in which you send them a pitch, a tiny preview of your idea. And then they say, you know, whether they say, yes, we love it. Now write the whole piece or they say no, or they say, you know, give me more information. But the difference there is that when you write for spec, you basically do the whole work, submit it in, and then it might or might not get accepted. And this is a question that actually people ask me often inside the circle in our membership, you know, should I write the article before I send the pitch? And I always say that for the most part, I don't recommend it because I don't want you to write something that's we don't know if it's going to get accepted or not. However, there are also situations like the one that Ashley just mentioned where, you know, another publication had sort of tentatively accepted it. She wrote the piece and then they rejected it. And now she had the piece. So now she did, did all the work. So now, you know, might as well keep pitching it until you find find a home for it. And I think this is a story also and, and an example of perseverance paying off. Right, Ashley? Because you have pitched it quite a few places, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, I really and and I had been pitching it to more 
lifestyle magazines and publications and things like that. And this was the first time that I had kind of, because originally too, I would say that the story wasn't necessarily a travel piece. It was more kind of a personal narrative on this experience that I'd had. And so again, like you said, just in terms of practice, it was practice taking an idea and changing it to what the pitch request was for, to what the publication was looking for, both when I pitched it, but then also, you know, it was nice because I had this kind of piece of work that was done, but then I did have to go back in and, and rework it for what we had agreed upon. And so, yeah, I just, the whole thing was a learning process for sure. Yeah. I love that you said that because actually this also to me is one of the fun parts of this job is when you sort of take your idea and you can, but you can shift it and you can um, shape this malleable idea into something perhaps even different from where you started to fit with the publication. And I think actually that's what stretches our creativity too. And that's what sort of uh, flexes our creative muscles, if you will, to be able to do that. So that's exciting. And by the way, I just absolutely love that story. Let's take a second to acknowledge how beautifully written that story is. So for your comment earlier, how you weren't sure you have what it takes, you didn't study creative writing in school, uh, you know, what else did you say that you didn't, you, you only had a two-year degree? None of that mattered because that story was beautiful, beautifully written, extremely poignant, I thought. And it just shows, again, another sort of fundamental truth that I believe that we are all natural storytellers because it's human nature to tell stories and to share ourselves with the world. So I just really loved that story. And for our listeners, we're going to include it in our show notes. So please go and check it out yourself. I loved how you took us from that journey in, in that story. You took us on a journey from being very uncomfortable situation to that beautiful moment in the end when you took off your bikini bottoms and rode off into the sunset. And listeners, we won't say more, but you have to go check it out. But what do you love most about this story? Well, first of all, thank you. That's just so nice. And coming from you, that just means so much. I, I mean, I think what I love the most about the story is kind of what you said is how, as I started to think of the experience, because, you know, as you do something like that, you're like, okay, we're going to go nude, you know, this nude bathing place. And But it, it really did kind of strike me as a, a meditation of sorts with being able to be uncomfortable. And I am a big believer that if you can learn to be uncomfortable, it just benefits you so much. I have, I have this good friend and she always talks about type two fun. And type two fun is like when, you know, what you're doing kind of sucks while you're doing it. But then when it's over, you're like, oh, that was great. Let's do it again. And so whether it's like hiking or climbing or can't, whatever, she's like, oh, that's type two fun. Like, and I kind of feel like this experience as I looked back on it felt kind of like that. And especially for someone, you know, with kind of my, I, I'm a little more reserved. I'm, you know, I tend to be a little shy. Like, so it's not, again, it's just like I was talking about with the networking thing. It's maybe not in my wheelhouse to go to a nude bathing establishment, but I have this wonderful friend who she loves to go and she's, you know, it's, it's, it was such a fun day, but at first, yeah, I was not comfortable. <laughs> and also too, just kind of a little bit of a lesson of kind of like getting over yourself too. Like everybody's naked, nobody really cares. And I think that's kind of where the arc I hope eventually lands is that as I look around to these other women, especially nobody cares. So it's not really even that big of a deal, but I think that was, you know, an enjoyable part of the creative process for me was kind of trying to 
find that narrative within the experience that I had. Oh, so beautifully said, Ashley. So beautifully said because, and you know, that's also another conversation that we can have and dedicate the whole episode to. I see that a lot of people have experiences. Not a lot of people know how to draw narratives and stories and arcs out of those experiences. And when you are able to do that, and by the way, in the class, we have a section dedicated to that as well. Because there's a real need for that, actually. I I see this all the time, which is sort of that conversation we have in the circle a lot about, you know, does this have an angle? What is the angle? Is this a story or is this just content? Uh, Because as storytellers that want to pitch magazines, that want to pitch New York Times and Condé Nast Traveler, we need to be able to do that. We need to be able to draw those narratives and to draw those arcs out of the experiences that we have, right? That's that's what sort of the craft of writing for magazines, if you will. That's that's what it's all about. And yeah, I mean, your story absolutely did that. And it was a beautiful story. And again, great, great accomplishment. So I want to congratulate you on that. Um, and, and yeah, for, for listeners, do check it out because we're linking it to the show notes. So how did the experience, and, and we sort of touched, uh, we're sort of touched on this already, but if you were sort of to sum it up, how did this experience of, you know, getting that fundamental knowledge at first and then being in the community with all these amazing women who are inside the circle. By the way, shout out to all of you. We love you. You are amazing. How did it impact you? And what are you doing differently now than you were before? I mean, I hate to keep saying this, but I I think the answer just keeps coming back that before the experience of joining the group, I had this idea And I feel like I've heard you talk about this too with your podcast a little bit. I had this notion that it was like a nut that I had to crack by myself. And now that I've been in this for a while, I feel like, because even now that, you know, I feel like, okay, I know how to pitch. You know, I've been doing it about 18 months. I have a handle on it. So, you know, is it still necessary to be in the group? Well, at this point in my process, it sure is. Because like I said, it's the thing that has kind of kept me going. And there's, I mean, at least in this beginning stage for me, there's been a few lulls. And so, you know, that's made the difference where, you know, when you've sent out six pitches and have heard nothing or heard no's or whatever, but then you just have this group that you keep meeting with. And like you said, I mean, I do think we are fortunate that everybody in the group is just so supportive and fun and funny and kind of keeps it light, even when it feels, you know, there've been times I feel like at one point or another, I feel like all of us have come into the, the WhatsApp group, not necessarily to complain, but just to we just needed a pick me up, you know, for whatever reason, we got in a big no or whatever. And I feel like we've all done it in different times. And everybody's so great about chiming in and being like, Oh, yep, that happened to me or just keep going, whatever it is, you know, and I think I have been surprised at the impact that's had on me that, you know, sometimes it seems like just the littlest thing to send a message to someone. And also too, just how supportive it is that in the group, if you are working on something that really matters to you or that you're feeling kind of self-conscious about how we have the place where we can put it up, we can put the um, the pitch, pitch review. And I feel like that's huge because sometimes it's not even so much that you change a lot. Sometimes you do change a lot, but it's just having somebody else's eyes on it and just being like, yep, that's good. Go for it. And then, you know, and I just, I don't know, those things have been invaluable so far to me. Yeah. 
Thank you. I appreciate that, Ashley. And yeah, the pitch review is huge, right? And I think that's true in any sort of situation. When you're working on something, you're so deep in it. You're so like your your whole heart, especially if it's a piece of writing and, and you know, if, if it's something that you're really feeling strongly about, your whole everything is in there. And so sometimes you just don't see some of the things that to an outside eyes would be more obvious. So yeah, I, I think I agree with you that pitch review is, is really important. And I'm glad that you guys are all sort of taking advantage of that practice and making your pitches stronger as a result. And I also want to say something about how, how you mentioned that you, you before you thought that, you know, you really ha- have to crack this knot alone. I feel like a lot of times we're even social, like, If I think of my own upbringing and my own sort of life career or life trajectory, that was always the case that like you have to prove that you can do it on your own. Only then you are like true successful or true. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And how terrible that is that that we have this sort of deeply seated belief inside us that that's how because actually if you look at most success stories out there in any industry in any space what do people always say they always say how there were so many people who helped them get there or who lifted them up who you know the example i always like to give is beyonce who has this whole team of people behind her right beyonce is not just beyonce because she's beyonce although of course she's beyonce i mean don't get me wrong (laughs) oh my god i hope i didn't upset anyone and don't get like angry emails now but you know what i mean like she has a team of people also to to make all these projects that she's doing and and everything it's not just her is what i mean and i believe i feel like we often have this idea many women do that that i've met and talked to that i have to succeed on my own and how it's hurting us actually this belief yeah i agree completely and and i think too as i've gotten a little bit older too i have just i've found that to be true not just in writing but just even amongst my female friends. And, you know, I think we've all kind of said as we're getting older, like, gosh, we kind of need to rely on each other a little bit more. And just there's just so much and not just even females, right? Just other people in our lives it doesn't have to be female oriented, you know, just that, that there is a benefit of of leaning on people. And I, I've said this before, too, I've had benefit too from having to be there for other people. That's been a good thing for me. Because again, it's easy to kind of get into your own little tunnel and just be on your own. But then when you have to show up for other people, too, I think that's, I think that's a good healthy thing or it has been for me. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Ashley, I could talk to you forever. You know, we already established that when we were sitting at the airport leaving Texas. Right. Which was such a fun time, by the way. If anybody, you know, is wondering about those trips, the trip to Texas was a great first run for Travel Media Lab, for sure. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ashley. Yeah, we're, we're working on our next one. So uh Stay tuned, everyone. But to close to close today's conversation, I, I wanted to ask you, what would you say to someone who is interested in getting their stories published and perhaps taking uh, some of these steps towards their creative aspiration, but is either unsure what step to take next or unsure if it's right for them, unsure if, if they have what it takes, like, you know, all, all these sort of doubts and concerns that we've discussed earlier. I'm sure a lot of people have it because I, I hear it all the time, actually, from all of you who come into the Travel Media Lab. That's, you know, everybody has similar concerns. What would you say to, to someone who is listening and having those concerns right now? I would say that if, if that's where you're at, if that's where you're feeling, that there really is 
that I know of no better space to kind of entrench yourself in to give it a try, you know, especially with what you're talking about with this new format where you're going to have this six month trial membership of the circle. I mean, six months, you can do a lot of damage in six months, you know, in terms of pitches sent, and it's going to give you a really good idea of whether or not this is what what you want to do. And and it's all going to be there for you. So I would just say do it. Yes, listen to Ashley. Go sign up to our class, come join us and and let's start making it happen for you as well. And I think what's important is what you said is that you do need time. You do need to dedicate some time to this, right? Um, I think if you're expecting to just take this class and and quickly get results or quickly figure out if this is for you, that's probably not going to be right for you because you do need some time. And I, and I think six months is sort of, actually, to be honest, I think that's like the minimum that you need. Uh, but it's, it's just enough time to give you a taste uh, and to for you to understand if this is something that you want to continue in. Because like I always say too, this is a long-term project, long-term, and, and, it, and it requires long-term commitment from you because it takes time to build your portfolio. It takes time to develop those relationships. Sometimes I feel like I, I sound like a broken record because that's what I always say, but it's true, right? It's true. It takes time, but it does get easier, especially if you have support from amazing people like Ashley and others in our membership. So yeah, I, I, think, I think that's spot on what you're saying, Ashley. And I want to say thank you so much for coming today and for chatting with us and for our listeners please check out ashley's story connect with her on instagram she's a wonderful writer beautiful writer she writes just really beautifully so go check out her work and come join us in our program again it's now a class with the six months included inside our membership so you get the best of our knowledge of the travel media industry and how to pitch plus the support and all of the things that we're doing inside the circle so come join us and let's have fun together did you hear something that resonated with you from ashley's story maybe you were listening and you're like oh i've said that to myself before i've felt that i've wanted that If you resonated with what Ashley had to say, then maybe, just maybe, our upcoming Intro to Travel Journalism program is right for you. It gives you all the systems and the knowledge you need to get a footing in the travel media industry and send your pitches out, but that's not even what makes this program so powerful. We are also including a six-month membership inside the circle in this program too. I'm running a free info session this week in a couple of days if you're listening this live on Friday, November 18th at 11 a.m. Eastern, and we start enrolling for the program next week. So if you want to know more about how this program can help you, don't wait. Visit travelmedialab.com slash info session to register today. Thank you so much again for listening, and I'll see you next week.